This is the Growing Eternity Podcast with Mara and Jim, where we talk about the Judeo-Christian mystic traditions of spending time with God in eternity, interpreting dreams, and meeting anonymously. We have reformatted these traditions as modern practices grounded both in sacred scripture and behavioral science. Join us as we talk about Two Minutes in Eternity, Dreaming Once, Interpreting Twice, and Growing Eternity Anonymously. Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Mara. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Glad to be here right now. It's been busy. Where are you? I'm at home now, but it was a crazy... The last half hour of work today was just... It kind of threw me off kilter a little bit, so... um, yeah, no, it's all good, but it, um, yeah, it's just really good to be here right now. Kind of whirlwindy. Glenn was late picking me up at work, and I was kind of nervous about getting here on time. So, <clears throat> anyway, it's all, it's all wonderful. So, what's happening in your world? Oh, I don't know. Not too much. Let's see, my youngest two are now up in upstate New York with my my family for a couple weeks oh lovely yeah hanging out in the well what was for a couple hundred years a dairy farm which is now a kind of a more of a grass-fed beef and goat farm that's nice so uh they have no more school are they done yeah they yeah they've been done for a little bit now a couple weeks i guess Okay. Yeah. The, our last days are, I guess, this week. Yeah. You're always ahead of us, I think. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. Well, cause it's somewhere, well, north of here and south of you. Um, <laughs> because when I grew up in New York, it was usually you went to school like right after Labor Day and you were done to the yeah. end of June. And I think that's true for a lot of the Northeast, um, but the South, the deep South, and I think even I think it's crept further north. It's you know they often go to school in the middle of August and they're done by the end of May. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it actually floated back and forth a few times while I've been here. Um, one year they, um, yeah. So when when you actually went late and started early and, and and the kids got a really short summer. I think it's short here in particular because Virginia Tech is here, and I think the um, professors and the people who work at tech like to go on vacation when tech's not in session. Um, and <laughs> okay. so, but for most of the South, it's, it's so hot all the time in the summer. Anyway, air conditioning is always on it, it. You know, it's whatever, you know, it almost doesn't matter. Oh. You go back in August. Right. So, okay. Oh, but a lot of Northeast like schools don't have air conditioning. So like, you know, you don't, you don't want to go back till it cools off a little bit in, in you know, end of August, early September. Yeah. I know that never made sense to me. I, I mean, in this day and age, they should have. That makes sense. So it's good because, you know, the commute to work isn't a very long one, but the best route that we have is by schools. And, you know, um, last year, you know, be, because of COVID, they were doing so many you know, remote and people weren't going, you know, being in school and, in the last month and a half, schools have been like in person. And so it was like, all of a sudden we had to 
you know, ah, is this the best route? And it was taking us forever to get home. And so I'm like, we're high-fiving this morning going, I think, I think for the summer, it's going to be a nicer, you know, nicer ride in. But anyway. Without the afternoon pickup traffic. That's it. And the school, yeah, school, school in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, if you time it just right and you hit the, the school buses, you know, every, every so you know, many houses, the school buses will stop or uh, it's a fine line. Yeah. When to leave. Well, I, grew minutes. With, yeah. I grew up all back roads. And so you got behind a school bus, you weren't passing it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And so you just, you'd yeah. be behind it where it stops. Yeah. And, and leaving the house a quarter of eight, you could get there at the same time if you left at five of eight, you know, just because of all the delays, but. Anyway, so it's good. I'm glad that they're in New York. So they get to like do hands-on stuff with the goats and. Ah, uh, yeah, they'll feed the the beef cows and the goats, and they'll get the eggs and the chickens and oh, ride nice. the tractor and hang out with uh, my extended family. That's wonderful. I hope they have a good time. I know they will. How can yeah. you not? Cool. You should do so. Yeah. Good. Uh, Good, good, good. Well, I've had a weird week. <laughs> Not a bad week, but it, like just super busy every night. It felt like, you know, I I don't know, just lots of things to do outside of the house, you know, going right from work to somewhere else. And so I don't want to say that I was doing my two minutes catch as catch can because I, but it was it because I don't have the routine. It just felt off to me. Um, anyway, I did do it for the most part, but, um, I don't know. I was thinking today, I wonder how it's going to look, you know, cause I don't remember really much that I wrote down. <laughs> I did write it down, but so if it seems like it's weird, it's because it felt like weird. Well, well, let's, uh, you want to dive see in? How it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't judge me. Okay. So. <laughs> On Saturday, I did not do Friday. Um, can't, I can't even remember what Friday was. Awful. Um, on Saturday, I was on the porch, and um, as I was as I was praying and resting, sitting quietly, I I heard, "In Him we live, move, and have our being," and I was just you know meditating on that. And when I was through with that. I don't know what made me ask him, but I said, what's your favorite scripture? <laughs> I would ask him that. And he said, Proverbs 3.10. So I had to look it up. And it was a really, it's a nice scripture. It's like, it talks about lady wisdom and truth and mercy and justice. And um, it just, is, it feels like it's the whole shebang. Um, and of course, I didn't. what I need to do for anyone who's looking this up you can read it <laughs> let's see Proverbs 310 all right so I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long the, the whole thing of Proverbs but what I did get out of it was after reading 310 I thought okay maybe it is the whole thing but 310 oh I have no I can't see a thing because of my, my glasses are off um 
la la la. Oh, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with the finest wine. Well, of course, that's lovely. Um, that's, that's good. But then I decided to read the whole chapter and, you know, the, the heading was trusting in the Lord. And, you know, it starts with my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Um, and there's just so many lovely promises, you know, never let loyalty and kindness get away from you. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Um, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord, turn your back on evil. Um, don't ignore it when the Lord disciplines you. Like, it's just happy is the person who finds wisdom and gains understanding. And I'm going to say, yada, yada, yada. At the end, it's, you know, talking about, um, like, there's all these, like, lovely things. And at the end, he's saying, don't plot against your neighbors, for they trust you. Don't make accusations against someone who hasn't wronged you. Don't envy violent people. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. Um but his blessings is on the home of the upright. Lord mocks the mockers, but he shows favor to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame. But it was just, it was just a, I don't know. It was just a beautiful verse. And I just thought it was funny that I didn't know Proverbs 3, like verbatim. But when he said Proverbs 3, I was like, I can see why that would be a, it's a good one. Anyway. Well, yeah, oh. you said Proverbs 310. Yeah. Which it's, I don't know, it's almost just like he's saying this is his favorite part, like filling, filling the barns with plenty and over overflowing the vats with new wine. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it was, it's lovely. It's good. It's sustenance and favor. And, um, and then on Sunday, we, I cooked a lot and we had company out on our porch, which was very nice and it lasted all day. Um. On Monday, I heard Job 3.3.3, and I looked up Job 3.3. There's not a 33 of Job 3. And then I looked up Job 33.3, and I just couldn't make heads or tails. Like, one of them is Elahu presents its case against Job. Um, There's... Part of uh, Job 3 is where Job is kind of like on the defense. Um, I wasn't sure. A lot of times I'll see that, you know, the number of the time, 333. So I was wondering if it had to do with that or number nine. And I just wasn't sure. Um, I wasn't getting anything um, from that, unfortunately. Um, But, yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on on that at all. Well, I will say this: is sometimes when God gives me a boy verse, like sometimes he'll just, you know, he'll say something like, "Hey, Job threes," and I go, and I know, like, it's not like I couldn't hear the verse. He was telling me threes, and so I'm, and I'm looking at, you know, three, three, right. three, 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 you know, because I know there's, he's just told me threes. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Because in Job 3 3, Job is basically saying, Hey, you know, may the day I, you know, my life is so miserable. May the day I, I, I was born be cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then 33 3, this is Elihu. And, you know, if, for people who don't, haven't read Job, I mean, you know, <laughs> 
Job's got a bunch of miserable friends, but Elihu shows up and, you know, and basically, you know, speaks, um, basically speaks life. Uh, he talks about the words, from, the words are from the integrity of my heart and my lips speak knowledge sincerely. Um, I, I just wonder if it's just, just contrast between the misery that Job is going through and, and, and the Lord going to come along and speak through someone to him later. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You know, that, you know, and so he's thinking, hey, you know, my life is miserable. And then someone else has come along and said, now God is blessing you. Um, mm. So I, I don't know. I, I just wonder if there's a, you know, there's just a, a there's just a mirror, you know, between the two things. Um, okay. the, the the misery of what Job's going through and, and the eventual answer, you know, that comes along later. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of drama in Job. Okay. Yeah, Job's a hard book for lots of people because it's like, oh, you know, look at all this misery Job is going through. How could God allow that? And it's like, well, you have to understand, <laughs> you know, God is trying to bless him at the end, you know, and he, which he does, right? God just he blesses Job. He makes it, yeah. He, he, you know, he blesses him, um, and it's hard because you know, like, he, it's the natural thing for most people. It's, it's just, it's horrible. He had to go through that. It's like, well, yeah, I understand, but you know, <laughs> people go through hard stuff all the time. It's just you, you know, it, it you know, Job. It, there's closure to it because it, he went through hardship, and the result is God blessed him. He didn't earn the hardship. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, because I mean, the very cynical, cynical. You know, the, the you know the, the very, you know, like oh, this is rough. It's like, um. You know, I even know that, you know, people when they're kind of deconstructing scripture will talk about, you know, God let Satan mess, you know, mess with Job because it was a bet, you know, and it was, well, and, and, and it is a bet. Satan says, hey, you know, God says, look at Job, he's great. And Satan says, I bet, I bet he'll, you know, he'll curse you if, you know. He'll crack if you, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's why God does it. And it's like, no, no, it's God saying, hey, I need to bless Job, you know, Um you know, who's stupid enough to mess with him so that I'm justified in blessing him, you know, <laughs> um, right. or it's, uh, I don't know who used to say it. Maybe it was Wimber he used to say that, you know, he may be Satan, but he's God, Satan. God uses him for his own purposes. Wow. I mean, you need someone to mess with Job so that he can bless him. It's like, oh, you know, Job's blessed, but I want to bless him more. Who can mess with him? So I'm justified in, in, in blessing him even more. Oh, well, Satan will mess with him, you know. Um, wow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So this is the Elihu is is, is the beginning of, of the, the the good end for Job, right? Because his, his other friends are saying, "Hey, yeah, I, I know you, you think you're good, but yeah, you must have screwed up. Just just whatever." Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. We have friends um, that are, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, but when Elihu starts speaking, and, and with the implication you speak on behalf of God, um, it, you know, it God affirms. Firms God is good, but also as God being someone who's going to bless Job um, because he is good. Um, and so I, I don't know. It's, it's these are two very mirrored parts, you know, the, 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 the three, three, three where, where Job is miserable and, and, and it's just, you know, <laughs> it's just beginning. <laughs> um, and, um, and then Lehu is, you know, someone is speaking now life and, and, you know, and that's just beginning, even though, though it's toward the end of the book of Job, you know, the blessing starts at the end of the book of Job and just, just continues for the rest of his life. 
Yeah. So well, yeah. Now, now yeah. I feel like I now I feel like I have to do some two minutes or maybe some fifteen or half an hour journaling on those two, you know, very different things. This right, right, more yeah. There then, yeah. Okay. Let me put a little star on that one. Go back to this. Okay. Um, then Tuesday, I I have been feeling like I've I've been feeling a stir on is am I due for a next question? Um, and so I I was I wrote down what question to go deeper. Um, and I really felt like you know, what was in my heart was to just go to the next level to go deeper. Like I remember in, we were in, in London um, at the school of ministry and, and my husband got a prophetic word from somebody and it was pretty, I would say out there, but it, it, I, I kind of have the same thought, like the love letters are nice, but it's time to get into bed. You know, it was more like more deeper intimacy. Um, and I kind of feel like there's something like the next level um, that, that needing or wanting. Um, and I don't know if, I don't think this was as a result of that, but I do have Isaiah 54 written down. Um, and some of the things that I wrote, um, or sorry, underlined um, was, yeah, I don't know if this is connected, but oh, storm battered city, troubled and desolate. I will rebuild you on a foundation of sapphires and make the walls of your houses from precious jewels. You will live under a government that is just and fair. Your enemies will stay far away. You'll live in peace. Terror will not come near. Anyway, I don't know if that was like a call and answer, but I did get um, that Isaiah 54. Um, but yeah, I just feel like there's something more like I'm desiring more um, probably because he's desiring more. So I feel like I'm in an another phase. Um, it doesn't help that today was kind of like kind of a scramble to get home. And I feel like I'm behind the eight ball, but anyway, it doesn't negate what I heard and what I'm feeling. So I'm excited about that actually. Um, yesterday, I was doing breathing exercises because um, I was super busy and I heard the word balance. And so with the breathing and feeling super busy, I felt like he was saying, there's gotta be a balance when you're this busy, you've gotta really go really into quiet and just peace. And so I was like, okay. And then today answers that because um, the rough last half hour, um, Glenn being late and just feeling like I got to do this before this and that, you know, and doesn't do well for my brain when I'm that busy. Um, so I wrote quest for peace. There's lots of demands. And as soon as I started to sit down to do my two minutes, our car horn went off. So I'm like, okay. So I really was like, okay, purposeful. There's a purposeful retreating that I must do. So to me, it's, I, I'm not going to just come up here and do my two minutes, but I feel like I need to maybe like 
go some like where Jesus was like, hey, I'll be over here, kind of away from the crowds. Not that I'm even in the same, like I'm not even, I'm in a room alone at the top of my house. There's nobody else around, but I just felt like I've got to really go into like a, a closet or, or drive somewhere or go outside purposely alone away. Um, even if it's just like a, my head and my heart are in agreement with that. But, so that was my week. I told you it was going to be um, all over the place. Hopefully it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, even with Isaiah 54, because um, you know, it's about rejoicing, you know, basically to people who, who've already been through it or, or are at a rough place or, you know, who are barren, you know, that, that, yeah. that he's going to make them fruitful, you know, um, you know, that the, the desolate, you know, whatever, he's going to resettle the desolate cities that, you know, that the dispossessed descendants will have, will possess nations. It's, it's a blessing to those who, you know, been going through it, which is very similar of the transition from the Job three to the Job 33. Interesting. Um, you know, because huh. this is, this is both those things in these paired sentences and stuff. Um, yeah. So I just wonder, yeah, if, if God's speaking to places where you've, you know, you felt desolate or, or you've, you know, yeah. <laughs> gone through a hard time and don't even realize it because it, it's just become normal that he wants right. to revisit those areas and he wants to come and, you know, and, and you know, encounter you in those places. Um, in the desolate and the dry and the, you know, in the unordered, yeah. he wants to come in life again. Um, so yeah, maybe he's calling you away, you know, to be with him, to go deeper in with him, you know, like you're feeling mm -hmm. like you, you want to, uh, a new question you want to do, as they say in uh, the last battle, you know, uh, the call in Narnia to go higher up and deeper in, mm -hmm. um, you know, where they're, you know, when they get sucked into Narnia heaven, you know, that the, the, you keep on, going up higher and deeper in and the, the higher up you get into Narnia and the, the deeper in you get, the bigger it is. Um, so yeah, it just, just seems like that kind of all. It does. All goes together. Yeah. Thanks for um, making sense of it because that, that that's highly encouraging. And um, it, you know, it's funny when you're feeling chaotic um, and God puts some order to it, like oh yeah that feels good <laughs> i like water too um but it just if it, it feels like you know when he speaks like that and you have to kind of dig in or help have someone help you um it's like yeah he sees it he knows it and he's you know he's already had like he's he's letting me know ahead of time even if i don't understand it yet so that's it's like yeah the, yeah settling what's in my heart without knowing you know the the ins and outs he's already got it covered so that's great yeah well one one of the best uh, one I of snort, the best sorry. Uh, yeah <laughs> well it's not that you don't snort it's usually you're already laughing it's like you know <laughs> you were you were um <laughs> you were trying quiet. to uh, whatever you were you're speaking seriously and profoundly and all of a sudden the snort came and it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> um one of the best things I find about God giving you scripture verses and you not knowing, Hey, well, what does this mean? And why are you giving it to me? It's if we get to almost encounter the Bible, like in a new way for the first time again, sure. um, you're not saying, Hey, we're studying this. These are the 10 verses on this topic, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read, you know, through Hebrews from, you know, being dead, or I'm going to read you know, the whole Bible, or I'm going to go through every verse on faith. 
um, or you're, you know, you're in a Bible study where verses are picked because they're applicable to a topic, you know, according to the, you know, the logic and, and the memory and, and, and the experience of the people in, in the room, um, God's given you verses and you don't know why. Um, and therefore you don't already know what you think you're supposed to think about them. You know, like you're not reading a book about like a verse, you knows about grace. So you're supposed to already think about grace when you read it, you know, um, right. you're encountering a verse and you don't know why, and what he's saying to you in that moment. You know, you, you might know what the words are saying, although if you go look at the pictographic stuff in Hebrew or the stuff in Greek, you, you might realize that, you know, like this will <laughs> there, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't even know surely what that's saying. Exactly. Um, but it's all of a sudden it's like, God, you know, this is your word. You gave it to me. What does it mean? You know? Um, Cause I, I think, I think in, in the kind of the, um, the overeducated um, evangelical landscape of America and the Western world, sometimes people often don't have the opportunity to read scripture and to be like the, the, the um, Ethiopian where he reads it. He knows it's important. He knows he's drawn to it. And he has no idea what it means, you know. And says, "God, what does this mean?" And that's all. Philip, you know, gets teleported, you know, <laughs> and shows up and tells him what it means. You know, he 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 genuinely reads something. He genuinely knows it's important. He genuinely has no idea. Um, yes. He's not full of theology or Bible study or you know, ten things he was told or a thousand sermons he's heard that already tell him what or tell him what he, he you know, that he should think it means or you know, give him the, the the systematic theology that that tells him how to process that verse. None of that. He just reads it, knows it's important. It's like, ah, what does this mean? You know what, what? You know, and someone, you know, you know. Of course, it shows up in, in the person of Philip. Philip shows up and tells him, but but it, I think it's because he 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 knew he didn't know what he it meant. He, he didn't think he already knew. Um, and he wasn't trying to figure it out. He, he was asking God. He, and that's, he wasn't, why, you know, he was... that's why God gets all the glory for that. Because like, if it, yeah, I'm the expert and I know all this. It's like, that's pride. And if God surprises you, it's all him. And it just shows you that, okay, I'm, <laughs> thank you for keeping me humble or, you know, please keep me humble. Cause I don't ever want to, you know, yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah, the pressure to, to 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 think you should already know something, you know, is it gets in the way of, you know, it gets in the way. We see this with the, um, Joseph, you know, when he's in Egypt, you know, as a convicted sex offender, <laughs> and, yeah, right. a slave and, a, and a smelly shepherd, um, and, and he gets brought out before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh tells him his dreams, and Joseph says. I can't interpret your dream. You know, because you know, Pharaoh says, I've been told you can interpret dreams. Just says, I can't interpret your dream, but God will give you an interpretation. And you could say, well, he's being diplomatic. He's, you know, just being, you know, he's trying to sound humble. He's trying to not take credit. But I, to me, it's, it's, to me, it's the key to interpretation, you know, whether it's trying to understand what God's saying or, or, you know, what something means or, or understand scripture or to interpret a dream, which is the first step is, is to, to, to get to the point where you, you have no idea. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And when we don't know, and we look to him to know, because, you know, like then we can, it's a, Joseph is confident that God knows and will interpret the dream. And he's confident that he, 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 he can't do it. And that's not like, oh, I, I'm miserable. Maybe God will help. He's not saying that. He's saying, I don't do it. God does. My job is to not know what I'm doing so that guy can show up and know what he's, you know, you know, my, my job is to have empty hands so God can put something in them. And I know God will give you the answer because I know that I won't have the answer. And that gives me the confidence that God will have it. You know, they're not unrelated, not knowing and God knowing. I, I 
you know, and so like when I, when I often when I get a dream, I, I, I think my instinct usually, you know, I'm in the spirit is to find what I don't know about the dream. I, I don't try to rush to what I can figure out. I try and rush the things I don't know. And I just wait there so I can figure out what I don't know that I can wait and God can give me, you know, can give me stuff. Um, but if I just, just, I just occupy my time with what I know about a dream, I, I said, I, maybe God won't give me anything because I, I'm, I'm yes. too busy knowing things. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I love, it's hard because every time God gives you a verse, you're like, why on earth did you give me this verse? Like, why? I have nothing. I have no idea what I'm doing. Maybe I'm not hearing. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't you, you know, if every, you know, you're in this place of vulnerability and, and can place of, of, you know, need, you know, of not knowing. And, and then when God gives you, you know, he meets you there, uh, gives you something you weren't expecting. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, this is, this is our relationship between us and God. It, it's his, it's his job to know. It's our job not to know. Um, and then sometimes we turn around and we know things that people don't know because, you know, God is working through us, but when we're with him, you know, um, right. It, it's, you know, it's our job to receive whether it's love, right. We can love others because he first loved us. Um, you know, we have to go before him, like not being loving at all and receive his love. And then we can be loving, you know, or, or with this, where I just, don't, I don't know what this means. I don't, you know, so and that's what I like about God giving us verses is it, it, it's, it circumvents our confidence or what we've been told or what we already think or, or, you know, um, uh, you know, or the commentary or all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a struggle, you know, I, I've always, you know, I'm a, I, I like to, since I was a little girl, like I remember Sunday school and just having the answers and it's like, you know, that was a long road to the place where it's like, oh yeah, I don't have to have all the answers. That's cool. And then it's like, the more that I know things, the more I know that I don't know anything. <laughs> like, right, yeah. right. So it's a good place to be. Really. Right. And, 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 and that's not just true with knowing what God's doing. You know, it's like, I don't know what he's doing. Let's ask him, you know. Um, but it's also the mysteries of the faith. It's, it's the more you, you get to know God, the more you, you, you see that you, you know, the more you see you don't know. You know, and it's not an ignorant mystery. It's, it's I'm well informed. I know a lot now. And so I'm much more qualified to see, oh, there's a lot more I didn't know that I knew before. When I knew a little bit, I, I knew there was more I didn't know. But now that I know a lot, I, I know there's there's a lot more than I could even, you know, I could have ever imagined before that I don't know. Um, you know, the mysteries of God, they're like a hole, you know, the, 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 um, the, the more you dig into the mysteries of God, the, the bigger the hole gets. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're digging the mysteries and the hole's getting bigger and, and, and yet you're, you're getting to know him more. Um, you know, it's not that you're not knowing he's, he's not, you know, messing with us by hiding and, and, and keeping us ignorant. He's um, initiating us to the mystery of who he is. It'll just take, you know, take longer than forever to fully know him. Um, yeah. So. The bigger that, that, that place gets, the smaller we get. So that makes sense too, you know? Right, right. And then one day you're at the bottom of the Grand Canyon with a shovel, and you're like, "How did I get here?" <laughs> <laughs> I was just yeah. trying to get to the bottom. I didn't didn't understand how big a job it was. Uh, you know, I realized I've just just begun. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was really really good. How how about your two your two two minutes? Let's so slow down a little bit. I was using this Venn diagram and every you know 30 minutes going for a walk and coming back and seeing things and that's down a little bit only mainly because it was so disruptive in the sense that I would uh go take a 
walk and then I'd get, you know, I'd get productive and then, you know, and then, you know, so stopping in that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, let's see. Um, so I was, a, I think just <laughs> the perpetual cycle of doing that kind of burned out by Friday. <laughs> so I didn't write anything <laughs> on Friday. I didn't see things or hear things. I, I just, I, I just, I think it was overloaded on the system on Friday. So I, I reset on Saturday. Um, and, and the Lord brought me to this uh, verse. Uh, he, I heard Elijah 16.4, but I was like, okay, I know that's when he does that, you know, it's like, okay, Elijah doesn't have a book. He's just in a bunch of them. It's like, okay, you know, so that's, um, but he drew me. He drew me into the to, to Kings, um, particularly in the, in the passage uh, where it talks about the, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. Um, uh, yeah, I just you know the felt Lord was you know talking about just providing. Um, and then let's see later in Saturday. Oh, I was smelling baking dough. I'd say baking bread, but I, I couldn't write it down. Every time I went around baking bread, I wrote down baking dough. And even when I transcribed it later, I was, I was going to write down baking bread. So baking dough, I, I know something's baking. And I know it's some type of dough, but I don't know what it is. I just, just smell it cooking. Um, and then I think earlier in the day, oh, before that, oh, I could feel his breath on my face. It was warm and I could almost like my eyes were closed, but it was almost like his face was close, close to mine. I could feel his looming presence. You know, when someone holds their face close to yours, even if your eyes are closed, you're touching, you just feel how close their face is. I could just feel the Lord's face was that close. Um, and I was tasting this, this, this strong, dark wine. I think he was, he was, he was, I don't know if he was pouring into a cup in my hand. Beautiful. And then on uh, Sunday, I saw this giant sword stuck in the ground. It was like larger than me. Um, and then uh, the Lord brought to me uh, Job 14.7. Um, there's hope for a tree that when it's cut down, it will sprout again. And when it shoots, and it shoots will not fail. Um, and it's just interesting because this is the middle of Job sort of, and it's about, hey, the, there's hope for the tree. The tree that's cut down, it'll sprout again, and its shoots won't fail. It's almost like after it's been cut down the first time, it grows back. The shoots won't fail after that. Um, and I was smelling ozone. You know, like, um, I don't know, like you smell like a copier or or um, with electricity burning or lightning, that, that kind of ozone, you know, from, from you know, however yeah. that works. <laughs> from what happens there when it goes through some electricity. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same day as the sword? Yeah, yeah. Um, then on Monday, I was seeing these balanced scales, and I knew it had to do with wisdom. Um and I was hearing, let's see, Matthew. And, and this is about where the, there's, you know, the whatever, the plans, talking about Jesus, the, whatever, the Pharisees, are, or maybe it's the Sadducees, I forget which, you're to say his disciples came at night and stole him while you were asleep. And I thought I had to go with the stales because this is, 
this is the you know propaganda of the lies they were telling about Jesus. You know, like what's well, so just tell everybody his disciples broke into the tomb and stole his body, and that that explain why he wasn't there. Um, and I think the wisdom had to do with being able to to, to be able to discern out you know the truth being told and things that weren't being you know the things that were like this you know things uh, the, the the kind of the, the propaganda of man you know, um, and um, I was smelling. I'm gonna say it was boiling water. I don't know how to, you know, it's like, it wasn't so much steam. I just knew it was, I can smell water being boiled. Um, then I felt a hand around my right wrist and it was lifting my arm up. It wasn't pulling my body up. It was lifting my hand up above my head. Um, and then I was feeling this large handle in, in both my hands, like, and I was moving it around. It was like, phenomenal amount of momentum but it was like i was moving around easily but it was slow because it was very large i think it was the white sword i was seeing the day before but i could feel it in my hands so i was almost like uh, i was moving something it was just like if, if you ever i don't know it's like if you ever move like an inflated mattress where it's it's easy it's light but it's you know you just when you move it it just they're just you know whatever it's just a slow right. kind of ponderous and that's what it felt in my hands um and for whatever reason, uh, I think earlier than that, I, I was tasting the asparagus. <laughs> um, and then later, I was seeing this this incredibly bright white light that I it was the blinding white light. It was very very bright. Um, and then after that, I was smelling what I think was like the spray off off the waves of an ocean. You know, that was that's being brought by the breeze. It's it, I was smelling the ocean spray that that the the, the, the wind was blowing in my face. Um, Gorgeous. And then yesterday, no, just Tuesday, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just shared Monday. So this is Tuesday. I was seeing a giant geyser just shooting up. Um, shooting up. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, so this was interesting. This is yesterday. Um, I, I drew it. I've been drawing all these things. I actually take pictures and dump them in my, I use daybook.app on my phone and things yeah. to, to, to take these. Um, but I, I saw this, there was a chain on my wrist, my right wrist, I think. Yeah, my right wrist, it was chained to this very large uh, angelic beam of some, being of some sort, like I was chained to it. Um, <clears throat> and I was smelling what I can only describe a sunlight. <laughs> mm. It's like you yeah, ever like in the summer, there's sun is shining through the windows and it's like this warm kind of dry air near the windows with the sun, especially, you know, before everything was air conditioned, um, it'd be hotter near the windows yeah. and in old house with big windows, the air would smell like warm and, and kind of dry. That's what it, I was smelling. Um, and I got Jude one, three, uh, beloved, while I was making an effort to write to you about a common salvation, I felt it necessary to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith that was once and for all handed down to the saints. And when I got that, and this was probably maybe a couple hours after I saw the being I was chained to by the wrist, I knew that's what I was chained to. was was the not so much salvation, but the truth of salvation. Like, uh, because, and this is a thing, it, it uh, um, 
I mean, I've been haunted for years now, for years, you know, not quite a decade, but for a long time now by uh, um, Psalms 89, 13, where it talks about uh, um, that uh, God's throne is, is built on righteousness and justice, but, um, you know, basically, you know, loving kindness and truth go from his, before his face or, or mercy and grace, as I call it, go before his face, but, you know, but his, the foundation was thrown is righteousness and justice. Um, and, you know, there is a, what I have found the requirements to receive mercy from God is, is, you know, merely the acknowledgement that we need it, you know, that, that God, you know, like, like the, like the, 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 when Jesus was on the cross, you know, the, the one, you know, was sort of ridiculing them. The other one was, was asking for help. And God said, you know, today you'll be with me in righteousness. All he needed was the, the, just in his heart to, to ask for mercy. And he, he received it. People say, well, no, no, you have to know Jesus to receive salvation. It's like, you understand Jesus is salvation. Jesus is mercy. Jesus is the mercy that goes before the face of God. And the only way to the Father is through the Son because he is mercy. You cannot go to the Father except through mercy. You don't have to have theology for mercy. The, the, the thief on the cross didn't need to understand that, jo, you know, that Jesus was the adopted son of Joseph, which made him in the bloodline of David, you know, which you know, he didn't even understand all that. He just he needed to see that, that this was a, this was the mercy from the father that he could receive in that moment. And he needed it, right? Because he's, you know, <laughs> the Romans were crucifying him because he was a bad person. <laughs> he did bad things. Um, <laughs> um, and that, that's, that's, that's what, you know, you know, to, to give and receive mercies for their salvation. It was the sheep and the goats, right? The sheep are those who basically were giving mercy, you know, you know, to, to people who needed it, you know, if you needed, didn't have water, needed it, people who didn't have food, needed it, people who were in prison, needed someone to visit them, you know, they needed mercy. And because they had received mercy, they were giving it. And, and Jesus said, whenever you did these, you know, you do to least of these, you're doing it to me. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When we were doing it to you, Lord, where were you? I didn't know, you know, and the implication is almost they didn't understand, like they didn't have theological understanding what was going on, and they might not even theologically understood the fullness of who Jesus was. Uh, but they knew him because they received mercy and they gave mercy because Jesus is mercy. And, he, you know, that's what flows from God. If you receive mercy from God, you know Jesus. Even if, you know, you call him Yeshua or somebody else you know, says, well, 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 really, really, you know, Yeshua would be better, you know, translated as Joshua, not, not Jesus. You know, that it's not the, you know. The, the articulation of the name of Jesus, it, it's it's the articulation of, of of who he is, you know, because he's mercy. That's where salvation comes from. Um, I know this is a long <laughs> a long way to get around to this. Um, but and so that's that's how we get saved. We receive the mercy of God, you know, and we acknowledge our need for it, you know. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, um, and we receive it. You know, we can do it with greater truth. We can do it with greater understanding of the, the the historical nature of God is, the theological nature of God is, the understanding of biblical nature. Then that's grace. Grace is truth. Um, and so while God has continually overwhelms me with basically his universal desire to pour out mercy on anybody, anybody who's willing to receive it by humbling, you know, humbling themselves and being needy before him, um, it doesn't change truth. <laughs> um, you know, you could be someone who, who lives a life that doesn't attest the truth of scripture. And in a moment of opening up to the mercy of God, he gives it to you like, like, like Zacchaeus or, or like, you know, like lots of people, the prostitute that Jesus showed up and, and, and gave mercy to. He wasn't affirming prostitution. In fact, he told her to go and sin no more. But, but 
because she needed mercy and was willing to receive it, she gave it to him. He gave it to her. And because he was pouring out mercy, everybody who wasn't willing to receive it got chased away. <laughs> you know? um, and so, but it doesn't change what truth is. And so it's like, it, it, it's like, no, no, someone needs mercy. I, you give them mercy. You just get, unending with, without condition, you know, if they're willing to receive it from the Lord, you know, but, but when they start asking for truth and then you don't lie to them, <laughs> you know, right. and, and that's hard. And I think, you know, and that's the thing I, I think I was chained to is that the, the testimony of, of the truth of salvation, not, not just, yes, the unlimited mercy salvation, which God is pouring out, but the truth of it too. Um, because you get in some weird situations with people where they see that you utterly aren't condemning them and judging them at all. You know, God's just pouring out mercy to them and you're not giving it to them conditionally. You know, if you just you change your lifestyle, you know, you can receive God's mercy. If, if you, you know, God gives mercy to the woman caught in adultery first, and then he tells her not to sin afterwards. Right. <laughs> uh, so then, but someone asks you a question, you're telling the truth and they're shocked. Like, Oh, like, wait a minute. How can you believe that? You're, you're not someone who's judgmental and condemning me and hates me. It's like, well, no, that's just, that's truth. I, I, I'm not saying it's comfortable and I wouldn't have told you except you're asking, but that's truth, right. you know? Um, and I think that's what I was chained to. Wow. <laughs> truth salvation, right. Um, that was handed down, right. It, it's been handed down from the beginning. Um, the truth of salvation is, is, you know, is, you know, uh, it's something we shouldn't we shouldn't avoid just because the truth of salvation um, is offensive to people <laughs> who, who 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 potentially need the mercy of God. I, you shouldn't go chase them and beat them with it first and make them acknowledge truth before they receive mercy. Um, but nor shouldn't we deny it, you know. Um, and I'm not saying I'm I'm inclined to deny it. That's why I was chained to it. I, I think I've been chained to it for a while. Um, and, and you know, um, yeah. So I think that's what it was. Wow. <laughs> it and the sunlight and the bright light. Yeah. yeah. Smell um, of the sun. Yeah. Wow. I love, I love that you were smelling dough. I know what you mean. My mom baked bread or made bread. And I just remember the smell before it was even baking, the smell of the dough. And when it hits the oven, that there's a certain smell when it, it hasn't finished yet. And it's, it's still wild smelling and that and the wine and his face near you. Um, that just was really powerful. It felt like, like heavy communion, you know, that he was just all over where you were. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I thought the sword too, you know, um, what, what did you say that, it will grow even if it's, you know, cut down and the shoots. Oh, the tree. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's yeah, in yeah. Job. Yeah. Job 13. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, the tree that was cut down will, 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 will can grow again and, and it's, and it sprouts won't be denied or whatever. It shoots won't yes. be denied. There's, there's the, 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 the promise that it's not over and there'll be growth. And it just, I felt like that was a, a good promise for you too. When things feel like they're, they've been done or cut down that there's going to be new growth and, you know, yeah, just lots of hope. But that was really cool. Yeah. So that was yesterday. <laughs> um, oh, yes. 
then oh, today I, I was seeing this, which I've seen many times, this giant vine, the green vine or the beanstalk. Uh, but today, I think last time I saw, I was seeing, I think I saw blossom flowers on it, but I was seeing giant beans on it. Um, like, you know, the, whatever, there's beans growing on the beanstalk. Um, you know, but again, it's a large, it's a large, uh, um, it's a large, it, 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 yeah, it just seems very large what I'm seeing. Um, it's like it's growing in the middle of the room, but it's very large. Like you would, you know, you see portraying in, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, and it, but, but I was seeing beans on it this time. Oh. Now that's been purple. Was it like a normal green or was it like weird colors? It was green. Yeah. Yeah. I think every time I've seen it, I, I've been in the spirit of might or, or, or <laughs> drawing with green pen, you know. Um, so I assume it has something to do with spirit of might and there's some fruit coming off of it, you know. Oh, it's um, and cool. then he drove me back to the first chapter of Joel again. So, which I've gotten for a few different things for a few reasons. But this particular part was about uh, Joel. I heard Joel one nine, which is about the the grain offering, the drink offering, but cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn. Um, I, I assume it's a season that's going on. That's you know, with some stuff going on on the earth where God's cutting some stuff off. So that was my week. Wow. Very 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 busy. Good. Well, yeah. it's interesting because there's some days where I see a lot because I was doing this, you know, every 30 minutes. <laughs> the other days where I basically, you know, just did it once because I, I think, so I, I think I've reset. I, I've taken all the alarms off my phone. <laughs> it's just started to really, <laughs> really burn me out. Not, not so much doing the exercise, but but getting up, taking a walk and then resetting what I was doing is from, from a work yeah. standpoint. Um, so I, I think I'm going to try something a little bit more organic. I'm going to... Put maybe put the the clipboard in which I'm but been drawing and writing down the things I've been seeing and doing the two minute exercise with. I think I'm going to put it near the door so that as I enter and leave, I, I'll I'll see it or bump into it and stop and do it. So if I <laughs> so instead of alarm going off and making me go for a walk and I come back and do it, I, I think I, I'm going to try and do it more organically when I go through a certain doorway. Oh. Um, we'll see how that works. So uh, would you do it right there? Maybe, maybe, yeah. Or coming or going. We'll see. We'll see. So I'm already up and moving versus, you know, um, we'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I I remember you saying that you weren't sure how sustainable that that would be. So um, seems like, yeah. Yeah, it was maybe. good in the sense it was disruptive and productive. But yeah, I, I yes. <laughs> So I'm, I'm trying to make it a little bit more organic. In fact, I get up and move around all the time anyway. So let, let's let's just you know, uh, um, I, I remember I, when I was kid on my wrestling team when I was in high school. He uh, the way he he got the shape is every time he went through a door, he would stop and do push-ups. Um, mm. You know, so which you know, <laughs> I, I I'm not saying you know, it's well we'll see we'll see. I think I'm going to shift to that and, and see how that happens. And then I I think it'll it'd be more more natural for some days for me to get a lot more stuff and some days for me to get less depending on what's going on. Yeah. Um, I just feel like you know shaking it up a little bit, you know switching it up. You'll know where you know there's life on it or there's not or okay this didn't work but there's no 
no harm in, in trying that. I was actually trying to picture if I took my journal and drove to like a pond or, you know, like a nice place where there's frogs and, you know, dragonflies and birds and, and just sit out there, you know, and I'd do a field trip for a week. Yeah. Yeah. The shaking up is good. And, and there was grace for me to do this. You know, the, the actually, you know, almost, almost for 12 hours a day, I, I, every half an hour, the slammer go off and I take a walk and come back and I would, wow. I would you know, um, now I'd be, sometimes I'd be in a meeting and I, I, I you know, I'd turn off the, the alarm for a half an hour, an hour. Um, but when the grace dried up, <laughs> it's like, oh man, this is really annoying. It wasn't, the annoying part wasn't coming back and, 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 you know, and seeing it, you know, you know, spending time in eternity. Um, it was, it was just, you know, being disruptive when I was doing and going and walking, you know? So, so I, I you know, it's like, Oh, <laughs> it was grace to do that, you know? And, it, you know, it did shake things up, but, but then when the grace, man, yeah, the grace straight up, it just became really, really like, Oh, it's really irritating. Okay. I have to <laughs> figure out how to put this back, you know, where, where the, 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 the goodness, the good things from the change are there, but, 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 uh, you know, um, but, but yeah, it's not quite as disruptive. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, that's how we get to know things. <laughs> and and maybe you'll do it again in a slightly different way, you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. See how it goes. Maybe I'll go in bed. Maybe maybe you know, it's maybe I'll do that for a week too. Just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Feels like a feels like a season maybe to, you know, try some stuff out that you wouldn't have thought or Yeah, I mean the reality is is God never changes. So for our, us to have a different perspective on Him, it's not that He needs to change. It's it's that yeah, it's just our, our our point of view. You're right. Yeah, yes. <laughs> how we're viewing Him changes. That's how we get. You know, sure He shows Himself in a different way and maybe gives us you know different revelation of who He is. But the reality is it's mainly changing our perspective and you know, and so yeah. So even small physical changes, you know, can also you know put you in a different place to to process it yeah all right so that was <laughs> spending and it's interesting because I, I you know I'd, the alarm would go off i go take a walk and i come back um and you know and then i would stop and i, I would you know spend time attorney and it, it almost always took about two minutes you know um now i've been you know spending two minutes intentionally for for you know a year so you know that, that maybe my natural clock but I, I wasn't trying to spend two minutes i wasn't timing and i would just do it and then you know, invariably, I would notice about two. It was about two minutes later when I was done. Um, so, yeah. all right, let's move on to dreaming once and interpreting twice. Ooh. Okay. Let's see, Mara, you sent me a dream in which you went to the nursing home. I did. I had a snippet of a dream over the weekend, and I was like, "That's yeah, too, too little of a dream." Um, it didn't make sense to me. And I now that I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, you put anyway, I would have used that anyway with a caveat of, I don't know. Um, but then I had this dream last night and I, it definitely has things on it. So yeah. Shall I read it? Yes. Okay. All right. I was arriving at the nursing home where my mom is. I was in a big box truck like EPS. There were a ton of nurses and staff on the lawn to the right. They were listening to music and dancing. I had a box of provisions for my mom and had opened the box to make it easier for her to open. Everything was wrapped in pink. 
I went to her room and she went to get something off her wall. She hopped up on her bed to grab something off of her wall before I could tell her to be careful. She got down just as easily. When I went to leave, there was an older man, a resident I do not recognize that came over to me. I gave him a hug, but as soon as I was going to leave, he pinched my backside. I immediately turned to him and said, that is inappropriate. My, hand, my finger was in his face. It's like, no. Anyway, that was my dream. Yeah. Oh. So, so I, I think this is interesting. I do think this is mainly about the nursing home um, and maybe places like it in particular, because I think God has stuff for them. The people who are working there, you know, are now in a place, you know, where the, the, the long grind of COVID is easing off. You know, and they're in this you know place of maybe relaxing and rejoicing. Um, and I think God is bringing, God has stuff for them. I think that's why you're in the big back truck. Specifically, right? You have something for your mom, um, and you're having to you opened it to make it easier for her to open. Um, and and I think that it really has to do with what's going on, you know, with your mom. And she's she's in this vulnerable place where she needs help. And it's really a tender, caring moments between you and her where you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, she's your mom, and but you're also, you know, God is whatever. He's using you to minister to her in her vulnerable, needy place, you know, where she's vulnerable and needs help. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's interesting when you go to her room, right? And she went to get something off the wall, someone who needs help you know, because you're visiting her, you're bringing her something. It's tender, it's gentle, it's it's caring. I think the pink is, is about the just the vulnerable, the emotional, you know. Uh, but she in the room, she's up on the bed getting something off the wall, hopping on it, um, you know, which you're all, you know, be careful. Um, this is the thing I talk about. You get to the thing in the dream, like, what don't I know? That's the thing I want to know. Because uh, this stuff, you know, yes, I think God is using you and using other people to minister to people who are coming off this long, long, long season of service, particularly this nursing home, right? Uh, particularly those people. Um, he's got things for them as well. You're, you're driving a truck there. You're not just bringing something to your mom. You're, you're, you're God is using you, you know, and others like you to, 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 bring to them in general yeah that makes sense it, you know but the wall was interesting because why the wall um and and i was like oh the wall i found the wall really fascinating because i think this has to do with where she is between she's she's right next to the wall between this life and the next um and even though you're bringing her things that she might need or that minister to her heart and her emotions you're being gentle and intentional about it um she's grabbing things, you know, that are basically, you know, <laughs> on the wall between this life and the next. Yeah. And they're easy for her to reach because she's close to this wall, you know, because she's old, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and the season of life she's in is preparing, you know, for, for her physical life to end. Yeah. I don't know how long it'll last. I'm just saying that's clearly, you know, that's, that's part of the season she's in. Um, and there it's easy for her to grab things. You know, and it might be scary that she can do that because it, it, it shows how close she is. You know, she's living close to the other side. Um, and I, I think that I, I found that the most most interesting thing, you know, is that she get up and down easily um, because it's close to her. You know, she might need help unpacking things in the natural, even, you know, her thoughts and her emotions and her feelings and how she's doing. You know, she might need tender care physically and emotionally and mentally. But on the other hand, I think she's pulling stuff, you know, um, 
from a spiritual realm because you know she's living close to the wall not just because i'm not saying because her life's going to end soon but because her life is at a stage where um it's ruled by how close she is to the wall you know her her, her mental and her physical abilities and, and their timeline um and and of course you know <laughs> startling you know um so yeah mm when you hit a wall but it's yeah it's funny because the, the i didn't say this in the dream but the wall was featured um like there was i don't know what she was grabbing off the wall um and in real life she's non-ambulatory she she can't walk she can't do anything to to you know to to go to the bathroom or to get up for activities, they have to have a machine to take her out of bed and put, she cannot use her legs. So in my dream, I was like, uh, uh, you know, I, I couldn't even get out the, what are you doing? Like, you know, so, uh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, um, yeah. And I, I didn't pick it up about the, the, you know, there was a lot here. I mean, I just had this this morning and I didn't have a ton of time to really think it through, um, except my emotions when she hopped up on the bed. It wasn't like, oh, look at you, you're healed. It was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't do this. But yet she was doing it. And it was like, whoa, you know, she didn't get yeah. hurt. Yeah. Um, so what do you make of the guy? Well, let me ask you this question. <laughs> Uh, before you got pinched, how, how did it feel? Um, it felt good. I mean, I, I didn't know the guy um, or, you know, I'm not sure if it was, it, it wasn't somebody recognized. If it was like people that I knew in that nursing home, I'd be like, I would probably remember like, oh, I haven't seen that, you know, um, but it was a hug and it was, I don't know. It, it didn't, it felt neutral i guess um because i didn't recognize them I, I think the hug was like you know just a hi you know um but i don't i don't think i experienced any emotions really hugging him yeah um he came over to me i gave him a hug um, yeah yeah but i i this is gonna i think this is death and not in a satanic bad sense, just in a, you know, um, I think in this, the season of walking to your mom, you know, if this is the season of the end of her life, I think you're drawing close to death. Um, and there's some sad comfort and, and yet some, <laughs> uh, um, some uncomfortable moments. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I don't think this is, oh, you know, that nursing home your mom is, there's some creepy old men there, which I'm sure there are, right? Because, you know, everyone has uh, it's in <laughs> 85, you know, they, they don't also become functional and, and whole, whole, you know, uh, my friends who are, you know, I have friends who are social workers and they got out of social work because they just were just so appallingly shocked by how, you know, by the, they because they were having, they were, they were working for the county and dealing with old people. And one of the reasons I got out of social work is they were just, just grieved by, by how, you know, 
to have sexually deviant the, the, these old men, you know, they're alone, maybe because they've, you know, <laughs> and I'm not saying this is this nursing home, but they're alone in these county homes because basically they, they were probably not good men for most of their lives relationally, you know, you know, and they're still not like that. <laughs> so they're highly inappropriate, you know. Um, and I don't think it's about that. I really don't. I, I really, I really, I really think it has to do with, with, um, drawing close to death in this season um and and both both the the sorrowful the sorrowful comfort and and yet yet the the, yeah being you know and and yet you know dealing with death also you know like it's biting you in the backside you know um yeah so for me to turn and say that is inappropriate yeah well here's the thing right um sure there are things that seem inappropriate absolutely you know maybe certain things are inappropriate like you know that that that's not you know um but you know um i i, I don't know i don't know if you're learning to, 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 to <laughs> where, where you want to deal with death and where you don't want to deal with death you know where you find it to be appropriate you know, to process it and where you don't find it appropriate. I don't mean in a sexual way. I just mean in a, you know, that's outside my comfort zone. And and that being a metaphor for me inside your comfort zone. Um, yeah. But also, you know, that uh, the, you know, processing, you know, what your mother's going through with her, it, it, you know, doesn't necessarily leave things alone that, you know, so. That's why I asked how it felt. If this felt really, really creepy from the get go, you know, this guy you didn't want to hug, hug you, you know, and then then he did that. It's like, well, you know, but but it 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 didn't feel necessarily like that. It felt like, um, yeah. Okay, interesting. That's all I have to say about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw her on Tuesday, and um, you know, I had to. She's taking certain meds and you know I, I obviously I don't want to go really in keep her anonymous with stuff um but uh what was I going to say about oh so she has dementia and at one you know it, it's something for her to you know repeat something three times and she wanted to know how I met my husband and I said well my sister married my husband's brother and oh that's nice and she kept at one point I was like, does she think I'm a visitor? Like that I'm just somebody that she's, you know, cause I didn't really feel that. And then, you know, I call her mama and all that stuff. And she, you know, so it, it could have been that she knew who I was, but she just didn't know how I met my husband. Um, but at one point I mentioned there was a, a woman there that her, her nickname was very much like my dad's middle name. And I said, Oh, and I, I, I said, you know, we, we know somebody, you know, with that kind of name. And I, I, I said my, my dad's whole name, first name, middle name, last name, and even the junior part. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, I don't know him. And I was like, oh, you know, uh, yeah. it's hard, you know. Yeah, that's hard. I think that, that's the pink and stuff that you're having to basically have to, having to open for her to make it easy for her to unpack and open. But, you know, I didn't, yeah. I did not tell her, oh, no, that's dad. I mean, I just, because, you know, you yeah. don't do that with people that it would just, it would be awful for her. So I changed the subject, but I think, I'm wondering if the 
if it's, you know, that spirit of death, if it's, you know, something that's like, you know, they say the long goodbye, you know, or um, that there's, there's a spirit of something dying or going away, even if it's her memory. It's not something that I like to go. I remember years ago when, when this was starting to rear its head and I would just, I would be sobbing and I'd come home and Glenn would be like, you know, I think at some point you're going to have to come to the terms that she's not going to get better. Like, it's just going to keep progressing. And, and that was a hard thing to face, but I did. And so every time it got worse, I'd be like, okay, you know, it was just like these increments. And so I think we're maybe at another increment. Um, so yeah, I, I can do yeah. that more. Yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't say there's, 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 you know, there's life in this because, you know, um, you, you, you know, there's, you, you're, you're, you know, you're bringing something, you know, it's not that what you're doing is pointless. It's not that it's not impactful. It's just a very tender, fragile thing that you're, you're, you know, you, by being there and visiting her, you know, and having to help her unwrap it, you know, um, and yet, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely sad, you know. Um, but and yet there's life. There's there's you know there's life. Yeah, it wasn't unwrapping black tissue paper. It was pink. So. No, I think the pink has to do the emotional tenderness of the situation, you know. Yeah. Um, for you and for her, you know, because it's not just that she's her, her she's physically can't walk and she's mentally not there. It's it's I think that's emotionally hard too for her. Um, it is. She's at that yeah. point. Actually, she used to be at that point. I don't know. This, this past week, she didn't exhibit any, um, you know, angst that she doesn't remember. You know, she used to cry. And but anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and yet there's some things she's getting off the wall. So I, I you and know, yet. whatever those are. You know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's let's pivot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that. I had a really tough time with that. I wrote delivering something to my mom, seeing she is no longer bound. And then I was just like, yeah, I just, I had big question marks. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, death doesn't respect dignity. It's just the way it works. Yeah. <sighs> very, very true. Or personal space, you know. No, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, I had a dream. Oh. You did. I liked your dream a lot better. <laughs> I was with, I'm sure, I know it was my daughter Elizabeth, even though I think she was older in the dream than she is in real life. Uh, we were in this large, I think it was outdoor open stadium. I think it was like almost like a uh, um, amphitheater type stadium. Uh, whereas, I don't know, it felt like we were both inside and outside at the same time. Um, and uh, I think we, we, yeah, we had seating actually down down in the front. And, you know, not in the very front, but not too far back. And it was someone I knew that I heard speak before. He was well known. And I stood up while he was speaking and said that he was Billy Graham, even though I knew that wasn't his real name, you know, and Billy Graham is, you know, dead. And everybody knew that, you know. And and that's <laughs> that's how the dream ended. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, you know, for when I saw this, um, you know, what I wrote was um, 
someone with the Billy Graham anointing and evangelist with a powerful message to reach the world, but you aren't just a spectator. Um, you're there to encourage. And then I wrote, when you see something, say something. Um, and I think you do. Um, and just the fact that Elizabeth was there, um, you have people with you, they'll be part of this, but I'm, I'm sure there's much more to it, but I just felt like you were an encourager and, and seeing things and, and being able to proclaim it and like maybe into, you know, not that he was going to turn into Billy Graham, but you were seeing what Billy Graham Yeah, had the anointing. Yeah. Impact. yeah. I felt like you had something to do with that too, like that impact. I just, yeah. So what are your thoughts? No, I think it was similar. Um, well, the thing is, in the dream, I knew who this guy was in real life. And I knew his name wasn't really Billy Graham when I woke up. I spent like, like I don't know, probably a half an hour, like a half a wake, half of sleep, trying to remember who he was for real. And I, I couldn't, like, I, I don't know who he is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I, I knew, you know, anyway. Uh, no, I, I think, I think, yeah, there, there, it's, there's, a, there's, there's a new release of the, you know, the, the evangelism, you know, like, like, you know, Billy Graham. Um, but it, it, people, while it's happening, people won't 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 realize. Hey, that that that's what this is. Yeah, mm. yeah. And there's a role. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. powerful. And, and I think it'll be something. It'll it'll impact and and, and you know that my daughter will resonate with too specifically. The younger people. Well, yeah, but 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 her specifically, yeah, because you know <laughs> I got six kids. So it's like oh, it's like yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. That's my point. Well, yeah, God yeah. A new generation, a new generation, absolutely. Um, you know that that are you know outgoing and you know whatever you know socially conscious. Yeah, yeah. But what you said about when you see something, say something. I, I didn't realize you know that the evangelism is, is like you know social injustice or, or, or terrorism. When you see something, you should say something. You know. Right. <laughs> yes. Hey, that's evangelism. Um, yeah. But I mean, you as a Don't, seer. And you, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming in a new way, really. I, I really think it, yeah. So. I like it. Very cool. Less better sweet. <laughs> That's your dream. <laughs> What's that? So less better bittersweet than, than, than your dream. Yes, I like, I liked ending it with that dream, <laughs> with yours. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, thanks for having a good dream. Not that I had a bad dream. No, it wasn't. But yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> Till next time, Mara. Okay, Jim. We'll see you next week. Right. Right. Unless, unless we both have the same dream, and then we'll see each other before then. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's have it be happy. Bye. <laughs> This has been the Growing Eternity podcast with Mara and Jim. For more information, including how to record and submit questions, or coming on the podcast to talk about your own journey with Two Minutes in Eternity, Dreaming Once, Interpreting Twice, and Growing Eternity Anonymously, go to growingeternity.org. This is my spiritual disclaimer. 
I have a personal relationship with Jesus, whom through faith I know to be God's Son. Through him I know God the Father, who has poured out God the Spirit on all flesh. I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, is both factually and symbolically true, although some passages at different times have a greater emphasis on either facts or symbols. I believe that our translations, interpretations, and applications of Scripture are imperfect, but, th but that through the Spirit we are led into all truth. You do not need to have the same understanding or faith as I do to benefit from or participate in this podcast or the practices discussed. If you are seeking a higher and better power of some sort, we will have some common ground. Please feel free to adapt these podcasts to your own personal journey and perspective. Although I believe God offends the mind to reveal the heart, it is not my personal intention to cause offense to any specific person or group, rather that all people might be offended by the truth comforted by the Spirit, and transformed as a result. I believe in prayer, but in general, I'm trying to avoid enabling a consumer spirituality whereby people would listen to prayer and feel that they themselves acted spiritually. It is the purpose of this podcast to inspire you to daily spend two minutes in eternity with God, dream, interpret your own dreams and the dreams of others, to gather in safe, anonymous, and accountable spiritual communities. To that end, I pray that God the Father would pour out a spirit of grace and mercy on you, that he would manifest righteousness and justice in your lives, and that he would open your senses to observe him so that you might know him forever. I pray specifically that there would be grace to spend time with him and mercy where we fall short. I pray this by the blood and in the name and through relationship with Jesus.